Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, everybody know that food tastes better when it's raised right. And for more than 30 years, D'Artagnan has been committed to sustainable and humane farming practices. Oh, I love that. Arian Duggan is the founder and CEO of D'Artagnan. And during the pandemic, had to shift her business model to address the increase in demand from consumers. Get this, 500% and retailers, 83%. Wow. In crisis, there's no doubt there's opportunity. We're going to get into it in the show. We're going to talk about what was that day like when they shut it all down and how she got through it. And she was also one of over 200 suppliers that is urging Congress to pass the Restaurants Act, which aims to provide relief to independent restaurants, which is a great idea. Ariane, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me here today. Tell me about the process of how you started D'Artagnan and why D'Artagnan. I think I know because I talked to you a little bit before the show, but tell our tell our listeners and our viewers. Okay. And I, just a little thing, and I, I love the, uh, the way you uh, presented the company. Um, eating animals that were raised right is good for you. It's good, uh, but it's also better tasting, and it's also oh. good for the earth. You know, for the soil and the regenerative of the uh, of the earth, and that's very important. We should always keep that in mind. And it's with that in mind that I started D'Artagnan 35 years ago. Um, Maybe a little bit as a fluke. You know, I come from southwest France. Gascogne is the name of the province of the region there. That's where D'Artagnan and all the other uh, musketeers come from. The uh, three musketeers and D'Artagnan that are from the famous book of um, Alexandre Dumas. Um, They really existed though. And D'Artagnan in our region is our big hero. You know, he was Mm -hmm. a guy who was doing things not for the what's in it for me, but for the right reasons to try to uh, uh, make a mark and to, um, um, to influence a little bit the people and the community around him. And, And he was always doing it with panache. I'm talking about the real guy and not the character from the book. And so because of that, we all think he's our hero. I think he's, uh, uh, to me, he's the biggest hero. And I wanted to name my company after him because this is how we feel at D'Artagnan. We want to do things for the right reasons, not for the uh, only the economic uh, reasons. And so from the right from the beginning, we started um, demanding from the farmers to raise the animals the right way to be able to have the best tasting uh, meats possible. And that's how uh, we started the company. Um, it's, it's a simple sentence, but it is pretty difficult to, uh, uh, to achieve when you have no record, when you just come out of uh, school and you have no finances and uh, nobody knows you. And um, so it took a while. We grew little by little and we were helped. I mean, D'Artagnan became a, not household, but a restaurant hold uh, name immediately because the chefs understood 
immediately. Our priority was and still is the taste. It happens to be that the best taste comes from animals that are well-raised. And for us, well-raised means no antibiotics, no growth hormones, no medication whatsoever, lots of space to have muscles and uh, slow maturity so that it takes its time to get the flavor. So, for, uh, so basically, logically, a happy chicken is a tasty chicken. And that's how, by extension, uh, it's also uh, a stress-free environment for the, uh, the animals. But really, the goal was the best taste. And so those chefs saw that right away. Um, when you are a professional chef coming from um, uh, professional cooking schools, you can recognize immediately a good chicken from a factory farm, mushy, no taste stuff. And so we, we took off immediately thanks to them, thanks to the chefs. And um, uh, the, we were totally underfinanced, totally didn't know what we were doing, but just pushed by that uh, sheer um, word of mouth and, and reputation and respect that the chefs were uh, giving us. And so to, to, until today, this is what is fueling us and our reputation. It's that, well, and that, uh, va- that value is so critical. I, I, you know, we talk about this in the hero club, our hero club leaders, those that lead, you know, they, they make more money, they gross more money, they, they, and they're doing the right thing because they live by a certain value. And you've got that up front as a company. Those of us who are in the, that live in the you know Midwest, those of us who live in an agricultural area, we know what this means. I know what, what you're talking about. You know, I, we have some cattle on our own place and someone said, hey, before we go slaughter them and we've, you know, let them eat grass and everything else. And someone said, hey, we're gonna go give them a little shot and fatten them up before we take them to slaughter. I said, don't you dare do that. Don't, I don't yeah. want that stuff injected into the animal that I'm about to eat. I've done this for a reason. In another great company here in the Midwest, or at least in South Dakota, is Wild Idea Buffalo. I've got to introduce you to them. Naturally harvest buffalo that are out in the grasslands. And and we know if you're a hunter or if you're in the ag business, that if you stress an animal at the end of its life, it doesn't taste the same. It, it, it you know, gets all that adrenaline into them. And typically in, a, in a stockyards, they're shooting them into shoots. They're doing certain things to them. The animal's freaking out. And they harvest the buffalo right there on the grasslands and bring the slaughtering plant mobily right out there on the prairie. It's Very amazing. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And we, we get our bison, buffalo bison, from uh, North Dakota. So a little ah. bit uh, north of you. And, but same principles. The, the slaughterhouse is not mobile, but the transportation is very short. They are all yeah. around the, uh, the slaughterhouse. Yeah. Well, we'll have to introduce you to those folks. Let's take a quick yeah. break. And I want to come back more about the real benefits of this and then how you're being able to, to uh, transition into this uh, COVID side on the consumer side. It's fascinating. We'll be right back after this message. C-Suite Radio. Hey, we are back and live and live casting right here on Facebook and LinkedIn as we bring you all business with Jeffrey Hazel right here on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network for business. All right. That's what we're all about. And we're talking business today. We're talking about food. And I've got my my new friend right here, uh, Ariana Duggan, and she's with D'Artagnan. And they're, they do charcuterie. They do all this wonderful, wonderful things. Been doing it for restaurants. Now moving consumer. How's the transition been for you? 
Well, it's been uh, not so sudden. Eh? We already had an e-commerce business going. Uh, it's been several years now, but 75% of our business before COVID was the restaurants, food service. Yeah. And so on a business of $132 million, which was last year, close to 100 million was the restaurants. And then the 32 left were between almost half and half, a little more retail, you know, retail stores, and around 10, 12 million, well, say 10 millions uh, for e-commerce. So all that to say that we didn't start from scratch. We already had a website, a sound system to be able to uh, go and get customers through um, SEO and search engines and all those things, um, but still at a small level. And then March 14, 75% of our clients closed down. They just closed down. And uh, what was that? What was that day like for you, Ariane? Well, the the day was okay. The night was totally sleepless, <laughs> and the following nights also. Yeah. But um, uh, it. I mean, we went through crisis. We are 35 years old, you know. D'Artagnan, we started in uh, 1985. But the crisis like this, we never had before. Yeah. I mean, even right. September 11, 2008, 2009, economic crisis, the hurricane, Sandy here on the East Coast. So we had all that stuff, but uh, a, a split with my partner. Uh, but to that extreme, we, and and... I think the most important thing is not knowing the future. You know, in a crisis, you yeah. kind of understand or, or you kind of assume and, and extrapolate when business is going to come back. Here, there is nothing. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what's happening. All of a sudden, our clients have to change totally. And when I say totally, it's still meat, still poultry, it's still game. Um, but there is a very different demand from consumers than from uh, chefs from restaurants. Um, our farmers who are growing right now things like quail, pheasants, squab, duck, um, are crying because that kind of demand is not uh, to the consumer. The consumers prefer more conventional meats like beef and chicken and uh, and, mm. and lamb. You know, so and some pork. Well, they're missing. They're missing out if they're not eating those items that you just discussed. Because you just named my favorite things. You know, whether and, smoked and, or grilled or whatever, they're all yeah, good. May, absolutely, absolutely. And and I must say that you know I I am generalizing, but people in America who are familiar with that kind of meat or who are adventurous enough to try them at home, especially during the COVID a lot of people became more and more adventurous and, and tried new things. And that was, that's a good side of it. But to come back to your question, so we had to pivot immediately. And, and um, we put all our energy, all our labor force, all our investments, money into e-commerce immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, first, we needed to keep the company whole. So we didn't uh, lay off anybody. But there were people who were all of a sudden much less busy be, simply because they didn't have their clients anymore. So we, we transferred all that to e-commerce. 
and to the retail stores also to be the retail business. How, how are you? You mentioned that the consumer taste are there. The, the consumer taste are there. They're just used to getting it at least through the restaurants because the restaurants would push that, right? Exactly. So are, exactly. what are you doing or are you doing anything to educate the consumer a little bit more? Constantly. Okay. I mean, the those video, those, those live cooking video demos have been fast and furious. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and to try to have recipes that are very simple with bison, as you were talking about, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, with different meats so that people are not, um, uh, so they can familiarize themselves with simple recipes, but a very different taste. And, well, and the bison, the bison's so good though. It's seventy percent of the calories and only thirty percent of the fat, or or, or, or vice versa. Well, maybe seventy percent of the fat. I can't remember. It's it's just a lot better for uh, it's you. Even and it more than that. It's much yeah. more than that. There is there is not even fifteen percent of fat in a, yeah. in a, in a bison ribeye. It's a, yeah. a, or a strip loin. So good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. And and it has that um, very. I don't know, it's close to a grass-fed beef, but mm. with that additional, not gamey, eh? it's not gamey, but simply it has that juicy, very rewarding, uh, grassy feeling. Now, you, you've, been, you've been talking about, because your business started back in, in the 80s, about sustainable farming, you know, and now it's becoming, you know, much more of a buzz, I would say a buzzword, or maybe back then yeah. people yeah. were probably were thinking a little crazy. Uh, she's just this crazy French woman, right? Yeah. A little yeah. bit of that maybe. And now, but now it's much more, it's much more mainstream. And, yeah. and I think COVID's driving people to really rethink what the, the way they eat their food. And I hope it's going to stick. I really hope it's gonna stick because sometimes I'm frustrated. I see that, yes, we made a lot of progress. People are asking more and more questions about where their meat come from, how the animals were, were raised. Uh, you know, they are asking a lot of questions when they go to the retail store on, on the e-commerce, on the, uh, the website and on the, um, the chats. But then they will, they will uh, eat that good chicken that they bought at the retail store, really looking at the label, being careful about it. But the next day, they would go to the food truck around the corner and eat a chicken tacos without even asking what the chicken is and, and where it comes from. It's frustrating to me to see that uh, we still, on one side, we are conscious, we are educated, we know that it's very important the, to uh, that that what you put in, in in that what we put in our body has to be wholesome because you are what you eat, and so we think that we are educated about that. But then on the other side, we forget about it. It's fourth of July. Let's have a really crappy uh, hot dog for uh, for the barbecue. You know, I yeah. don't understand that schizophrenia here, and yeah. and I think it's the next step. I mean, it's. It's already a big step to start wanting to be educated about what we eat. I think that's a huge step, and I celebrate that. I celebrate it every day. Well, let's celebrate uh, an ad, and then we'll be right back after this message. C-Suite Radio. 
Everybody, we're back and we're live casting right here as we do every day with All Business with Jeffrey Hazel on C-Suite Radio. And of course, we're bringing this to you on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. So for those of you who are joining, uh, we welcome you and we thank you. And of course, we do this every single day as we tape our episodes for All Business, which go up on All Business on C-Suite Radio. And of course, they go up on wherever you're listening to a podcast. So don't forget, tell your friends about the show because we're talking today with uh, Ariane uh, Duggan, and she is the CEO of D'Artagnan. And we're talking about sustainable farming, sustainable foods, and getting great, great, great foods uh, that taste well by doing the right thing. And I think that's always a cool thing. And I think this is going to stick. We were talking about that ahead, a little bit earlier. I think it's going to stick. And what are the real benefits of having sustainable farming? First of all, it's better tasting, period. It's better yeah. for you period. It's better for the earth because it yeah. does generate uh, generative uh, functions of the soil. You know, when you don't have a stampede of, uh, of uh, cattle in a feedlot that cannot move on a bare soil, you do have the, um, the, the natural um, uh, grazing of the cows and the pooping also, but in a natural way that makes the soil generate itself and, and uh, encapsulate the carbon that we need to be um, encapsulated in, inside the earth. Um, so it's better for a lot of things, but ultimately, the last test, it's, it's better tasting. It's, 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 it's better all the way around. I mean, yeah. I get, I'm, a living, I'm a living proof. During COVID, everybody else is gaining weight. I'm eating like you won't believe, and I've lost 30-some pounds. And I'm, again, eating well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, eating rich, and, yeah. and I say that I'm eating rich. I mean, I eat products that you make and others make like that, and I'm having a great time. And I'm just, I'm, it's dropping off. But you know, you know what? you're not, you're not the only one. And I think the fact that we're cooking much more because we are confined makes that we don't eat so much processed foods, and that's the key to the whole thing. I, I think you're absolutely, well, what I know you're absolutely 100%. I don't want to have any of that anymore. And now I can tell tell the difference. I can taste the difference. And you know what? I enjoy it. I enjoy the time to slow down and just have a nice glass of wine, eat a little bit of like uh, some cheese and some other things. And just it's just so much nicer. You, you're one of, uh, we've got about, uh, about, five or, about five minutes left. I want to get into this because you're one of 215 suppliers that's lobbying Congress to pass the Restaurant Act. How's it going? And if you could explain to the audience, what, what is the Restaurant Act? So basically, restaurants, are, the whole industry is in Chambon right now. And um, so we did a petition first to, to uh, support them, to make sure that uh, uh, they would be allowed to have the PPPs, you know, the loans to be able to uh, support themselves. Some took advantage, some didn't. And then there was a very fast evolution into the world where some people were, depending on the states, they were able to reopen or not quite, but just on the outside. On the outside, um, they, were, they, they were able to reopen, but they had some rules and regulations. And I see in New York City in particular that were very, very blurry and that would change um, 
And so they were totally lost there. And so we are now in a situation where even with the loans, when they were able to get their loans, which not many of them did, the, uh, yeah. the PPP, we are now in a situation where four months into it, you have a lot, a lot of restaurants that are closed, that are not able to pay their rent, that are not able to um, sustain keeping their employees and have let them go or are very close to let them all go. And they don't see the end of the tunnel. July and August are not going to be, unless you are a restaurant in a very um, uh, summery area, you know, uh, a place where uh, people uh, go uh, out uh, in the weekends, you're not going to make it. And so this is an industry that is attracting tourism that is i mean it's huge for our uh, for our economy in general that is in a total total shambles and so we need particular help from the government to help them sustain themselves to whether it's very very low um, um uh, loans, very low uh, interest rate, or or some uh, uh, some direct help because they're not going to make it. They are just not going to make it. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I listen. I, I'm I'm a I'm an avid outdoorsman and hunter. I love hunting pheasants, which is a huge industry here in South Dakota. And I know, and I learned that from my dad. And your dad was a famous chef. What lessons did he teach you? Uh, lots of lessons. The first one is the one that we just talked about for the last 20 minutes, which is you have to have the right ingredient to be a good chef. You cannot make a good dish if the ingredient is not the right one to begin with. It's so much easier to cook when you have a good ingredient to work uh, for uh, first. That's the first lesson. Second lesson, you have to use, if you are a professional chef, you are not a good chef because you know how to use foie gras and lobster and caviar and truffles. You are a good chef when you know how to take what comes in nature and do something good with all of it. And that means for uh, beef or for uh, lamb or for pork, that means being able to use the middle meat, the lower meats, knowing how to cook uh, each piece and to make a maximum uh, flavor and to get the maximum flavor out of it, which is not um, rocket science. It's just uh, some techniques, you know. It's uh, yeah, and I, basically that's what I learned from it. That's all. One last question. There's a recent ruling in California which uh, banned fagua, but allows state residents to purchase it from sellers outside the state. Is that is that impact uh, your business at all? Uh, yes, that ban uh, has been in place for several years. We've several been fighting, years, yeah. yeah, we've been fighting for several years. We won the first appeal, then the vegetarian activists won the second one. Then we went to the um, Supreme Court of America. Uh, finally, a year later, there was a ruling that they were, it's not a ruling, it's basically a decision that they were not going to look at it. They had other fish to fry and, and mm. bigger things to look at. So it went back into the California uh, circuit uh, court. And that's where last week on Bastille Day of all days, uh, July the 14th, they decided, okay, we still 
because the ban was in place, is still in place in California. We are still forbidding production and commercialization of foie gras in California, but you Californians are allowed to buy it from outside California. So it's a, it's a joke, basically. It's yeah. a, okay, don't buy what, what we make here in California, but you can buy from the outside. Hey, I'm glad because it will add business, uh, well-needed business to, uh, to my business. And as a matter of fact, the, the, the next day, we saw an increase of uh, foie gras uh, sales to the West Coast that was, an, I mean, that was uncompared. We, we, in the last three days, we sold more foie gras to Californians than in the whole Christmas season last year. Total. Wow. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Pe- people, wow. I think if you, you know how you say the, um, you vote with your wallet, well, that's a good example. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in this case, in the wallet pays off because you get to eat what you're buying, which is fabulous. And Fagwa, awesome, awesome. Hey, uh, Ariana, uh, Ariane uh, Duggan, we're talking CEO of D'Artagnan. It's been a pleasure to talk to you today. I want to have you back. I want to know more about this business because I just love it. And I love what you're doing. It's exciting. And you're doing the right thing. And you're a hero business. And thanks for being right here with us on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Thank you. At the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. I'll tell you what I learned. You got to do it right. You want to do it right. If you do it right and for the right reasons, it means more. You're going to gross more. You're going to sell more. You're going to have happier employees, happier customers, more engaged customers. I've said this day in and day out. We proved that with the hero factor, our hero, you know, our hero club members who are actually out there every day doing the right things based on values. Does this sometimes cost you business? Absolutely. But in the long run, it's better. And in this case, as Ariana was talking about, it's better tasting, it's better for the earth, it's better for the animals, it's better for life, hey, it's better for your karma, and I'm living proof. Hey, you can eat a lot more of it and still lose weight. That ain't bad at all either. I'll tell you what, it's good for your waistline. That's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Don't forget to come listen to us here at C-Suite Radio and tell your friends. We appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.